This is the T2 experiment, episode one. Optimized, altered, and realized. So, I guess this short rant is going to be to the effect of a lot of different things coming together for me, personally, professionally, you know, mindset, realizations, there's a lot of recalibration. I'm going to be 47 years old, yes, 47, I'm going to be 47, there's a lot of coming to Jesus moments, and there's also a lot of blunt realizations about what's possible and what's not. For me, and after all, ourself is the only real person that we can take 100% lifetime responsibility for when all is said and done. We can take responsibility and ownership for our teams and for our families, but full responsibility, full decision-making, full acceptance, full denial, we can only, that comes, you have an army of one there, you have a category of one there. So for me, rolling into 4-7 and looking down the barrel, obviously, of the big 5-0. It's the, the, the awakening continues, um, sometimes hauntingly, um, never regretfully, but I definitely am not the same person that I was, nor the same person I will be, and that's a really cool thing. At the same point, I have to be real honest with myself about what's driving me in, you know, something that I found that I do horribly. We get caught up in survival of the day and living of the moment, and we don't think big enough. We fall prey and live out the myth of Icarus. We begin to only hear the half of the story that's been told, as Seth Godin says, and we we watch out to not melt the wings and fly too high. And the whole time, we go crashing into trees and never get off the ground. So, there's a bunch of things that I have in the basement for me, the goal list is getting more and more refined. And when it's more and more refined, what I'm noticing is that, you know, there's pieces of everybody and what they say that are all starting to make a beautiful tapestry. And I think that's what life is about. And I think first and foremost, it comes to being true to who you are and what got you where you where you are, the opportunities and 
even where your opportunities then will be exposed to to lie um, for me it's the acceptance and understanding that I was an absolute horrible student I was very introverted which I still am and I believe that's part of my artistic DNA is that I really when I'm on I'm on and when you know and I have to be a hundred percent with it or forget it which has always been a major dilemma for me because I couldn't just do something for the money which is a good thing in, in hindsight but it's been a bad thing financially at times because I've I just can't fake the funk um, but you know it's about acceptance it's about somehow finding that vocation or that or that path and for me that path was was presented and luckily for me I didn't grow up in the age of constant connectivity a lot of daydreaming went on with this boy a lot of a lot of, a lot of inside moments um, and I was very, very shy. Um, I'm not going to sit there and tell you bully, because I think that some of that gets a little, you know, I wasn't bullied, but I wasn't popular. And, you know, <clears throat> I was close with my immediate family, but we'll save that for another moment, because a lot of that, you know, how we interpret and how we process even how we deal with our mother, father, our siblings, our grandparents, that, that factors in. It's all developing into the beginning few nits of that tapestry. Um, the key is figuring that out. I'm starting to figure that out. Well, probably, you know, good ways into my lifelong journey. But it doesn't matter when you find out whether I was 60, 70. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you find out and figure it out the day before. I just feel really privileged at this point to have figured out that A, I'm doing the right shit. B, I have no regrets. C, I need to talk more. And that's what the T2 experiment is going to be about. And I'm putting it out there because, you know... Through, through the early years, through family, through, through peers, through people who influenced me in the business world and what I've seen done and said, you don't realize that you actually become Peter forsaking um, at the fire because we are so socially inclined to want to fit in that we deny the thing that got us there. Because we're never going to please them all. And the people who we're trying to appeal to, the people I was trying to appeal to, I've been trying to appeal to, I'm never going to be what they want anyway. Because you can't deny yourself. So, the first step in the T2 experiment is for me coming clean about who I am. And what I want. So, let's give it the stage.
I am someone who, before it was fashioned popular to follow your dreams and chase your passions and yada, 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 I was a daydreamer. I was someone who spent more time thinking about what was out the window in my early years than what was in front of me. Um, it's a little bit of an issue. I wasn't bad, but I had repetitive disciplinary issues because I just wasn't a good student. I just wasn't into what they had to offer. I didn't want to just be like everybody else. I didn't know why. It wasn't because I had been better than anybody. It's just because I had no interest. I have no interest in general academia. And the beautiful thing about 2018 is, unless you really, really, really know what you want, I think it's a pretty cool place to be. Instead of trying to jam yourself into fitting in, you know, dumbing it down and, and going for what everybody will accept... You um, you just understand that for a lot of people, and I believe this, for a lot of people, the reason why they're left where they are is because education as a system just isn't for you. So, that being said, I always like to read, um, but it was in high school, and I went to a big high school. We, um, I played freshman football. Now, I loved football. And probably could have been a statistician. Well, that was great. Uh, but I, because my friends and I would literally spend, before fantasy football was, was even a thing, we would spend, you know, we would spend hours upon hours just going over picking a position or picking, you know, putting together the best defense of all time. And some of the stats and figures and the, the, the data that I, that, I, that, I, um, that I was able to remember was absolutely incredible. Um, but in high school, playing the sport, it became really clear really fast to me that while it was a dream for my dad for me to play American football, it wasn't a dream for me. I mean, I guess it was a dream, but it was in a reality for me. So, freshman year, I played. And I use that term very loosely. I think my first concussion was freshman year when I walked to the opposing sideline after having my bell rung in a in a game, doing some mop-up time, I believe, against Archbishop Wood. Um, really didn't want too much to do with it after that. I, I look like a skeleton in shoulder pads. And it was me and a, a dear friend of mine, Mike DeFazio, who were, you know, we had the heart, but we just definitely didn't have the, the, the framework and it was kind of evident early on. Fast forward and we go to sophomore year. And, you know, sophomore year, I had a dear friend of the family, 
who's who's passed Reggie Hollis, who played professional football, was a, was a a monster um, on the defensive line. I believe he played for Cheney State. And really, really tough guy. Close with my family, and my family was into the restaurant and nightclub business. My dad was a you know a pretty well known um, person you, you didn't cross. Let's I'll just say that he was a pretty tough guy pretty serious guy pretty damn serious disciplinarian and parent um a loving person but definitely you know it's all what we make out of things so in a constant quest to be tough um you know he really wanted me to play and and move through and i tried i believe you know one of the one of the most traumatic days for me was in my camp for second year for sophomore year um, the senior players I was going in during the week and I lived two blocks three blocks from school I would actually go home and shower and it was a lot to do with the fact that I was so underdeveloped and so skinny and I did not want to get in the shower with a bunch of you know people that were clearly more supposed to be there than me and I just remember not going back after the day. I just grabbed my stuff and ran out of the locker room through the through the end of the gymnasium, up the huge driveway and home. Never said any of this to anybody. Um, but yeah, it was really traumatic. I didn't want to go back. I believe I did go back in hindsight. Um, and I don't remember the name, but one of the players who was actually a captain on one of the one of the co-captains or captains on our team actually um, was really cool to me after that. And um, I never really had any playing time. I think I played a little bit in the season, and then I just kind of let it sweep away. But um, it was that sophomore year that I after dabbling a little bit through the football team with, you know, resistance training, went into the weight room with our our gym teacher, and it was a situation where we were learning um, bench press. That's what was part of the curriculum. I guess a weight training 101 piece. And it's weird because I remember just getting up in the morning feeling like, you know, I at least have some kind of base knowledge of what we're going to do and that was the one thing that I first it was literally like there couldn't in hindsight there couldn't have been a bigger sign it was like bulb bright bulbs flashing this is your shit and I did well that day and I was talking to friends and people and telling them you know, what we were, what we were doing, and I actually had enough of a little bit of a knowledge about it, and and that I was able to make me feel good for the first time in my high school years about you know how I ranked in the status and the in the in the hierarchy, and I've built a career, and I've built a love, and I've built a passion on that one day, that one good day, so. As the T2 experiment goes, everything is predicated on the full acceptance that nothing I have or nothing I will be 
even would have occurred if it wasn't for that one good day. So never, from, never underestimate the power of optimism, the power of being open, and the power of getting the hell out of bed and doing something. Because you never know when God's going to give you that one good day. It's going to continue for a long journey with this. And we're going to dig in. And we're going to have some fun. But this was the start. The start is sophomore year, Carl Dockerty High School, Mr. Rapino's class, in the weight room, outside the cafeteria. Body weight for one. One good day. You have your good day. T2 out.